Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zoot. And we're exhausted. It's been a long couple weeks for me, what with all the business traveling I've done. Yeah, you actually have a reason. I, I don't feel I have as much of a reason. <laughs> so I, I feel kind of bad saying that I'm tired, but but I am. Although I will say this. I much prefer Durango, Colorado to Southern California any day of the week. Now, is Durango, Colorado better than the Dodge Durango? I've never driven one, so I don't know. And I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't see any Dodge Durangos in Durango. Probably on purpose. It's probably a matter of disgust for them to even have that vehicle named after them. Yeah, I, th- I think that would be um, kind of cool. I'd have to get my photo taken with it or something. But I don't know if you've ever been there. Beautiful town. Beautiful town. It reminds me a lot of Park City, Utah. Um, but yeah, really nice. It, it It's Park City without all the crappy people from California being tourists. So, um, wow, that, that just came out kind of harsh there. I, mm-hmm. I should probably apologize, but... <laughs> but you won't. I, I won't. I won't. Um, before we forget and piss off anyone else, we should uh, say thanks, you know. Offer offer a prayer to our sponsors over at trekradio.net, <laughs> kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, stitcher.com, uh, Radio KSCR, and Geek Factor Radio. Yes, yes. Uh, we've also got Salt Lake Comic Con, and we will be making an announcement, hopefully by midweek, regarding some tickets we'll be giving away for FanX coming up on March 17th and 18th at the Salt Palace Convention Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we stay tuned to our social media outlets there for that. Keep your eyes open on them. And um, if you don't follow us or like us or anything on social media, now might be a good time because that's where we'll be making the announcements as to how you can possibly procure a set of tickets for yourself. Indeed, and I, indeed. I believe that these are going to be multi-day passes, too. I could be wrong, but I believe that's what we're going to be giving away. Now, who are you most excited to see? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for Weird Al. Uh, I'm excited for Jason Momoa. Uh, and the guys from Psych, uh, James Rohde and uh, Dulé Hill. Now, isn't Tara Strong still on the docket? Tara Strong, I think, is coming. And, of course, I'm excited for her. I'm I'm actually this will be the first one I'm seriously considering taking all my kids because my all of my kids all love a different character that Tara Strong does the voice for. You know, I think it's pretty easy to like a, a character that she does just because she does so many. I mean, she wow, there's a lot. You know, I would love though to ask her questions that I think would probably be found offensive to multiple people just regarding some of the fandoms that she participates in because um, you know i've you know me my mouth just runs and i sit back my brain sits back and watches you, it you don't do well when in the presence of chesty girls i do okay <laughs> i do okay but no just saying i, I mean i seriously like want to ask you know what do you think about this particular fandom and you know i i'm sure that whoever i asked that question to would be very gracious uh, however, you know, you know me, I, I shoot my mouth off and problems ensue. Indeed you do. I, I'm thinking I might actually cosplay as uh if I can figure out how to rig a fat suit, I might cosplay as Weird Al from, from I'm fat. 
I think that would I think that would win points. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um they just announced some new guests this week as well. Um Christopher Lambert is going to be there. Which I find interesting because Adrian Paul is also going to be there. And when it comes to Highlanders, I thought there could only be one. So I, are they just going to battle right on stage? I, I would love to see it. I'd love to see it. But we've they're lining up a pretty nice um, voice actor lineup, which makes me makes me quite pleased. What's really funny is I know so many people know Christopher Lambert for, for Highlander. He'll always be Raiden to me. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Which is just so funny, because obviously I was a stupid kid then. It's not a good movie, but somehow that's still how I know him. Yeah, it's. I remember when that came out, and I remember thinking, "Wow, this is not a good movie." So you were already <laughs> you were already like thirty years old then, and I was just you know in middle school, so I, I was a dumb kid. Yeah, yeah, and now I'm a dumb adult. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, John Reese Davies is going to be there as well. Um, Gimli, Sala, I just want to go and sit in his panel and listen to him speak for that the voice. Time. I love his voice more than just about anything on this planet. I could just listen to that guy talk nonstop. And I would like to. I would like to. In the, in the future, when we all have personalized AIs, we should be allowed to tell our AI to speak to us in a certain way. Like, if I could have John Rice Davies as the AI or Tom Selleck, that's a voice. Yes. You know more of I'm, a mustache, but yeah, he does have a voice. He has quite the voice. He does. Just saying. Yeah, I've always been impressed with that man's ability to grow facial hair. I wish I had even a quarter of his his ability for that. Because he's good at it. I'm assuming you're talking about Tom Selleck. Yes. No, really, both of them. Uh, John Reese davies Yeah. Don't you remember him in Sliders? I never saw Sliders. Oh, Oh, blasphemy. Was the Gimli beard was that was that a real beard or was that fake? That was that, that was, was fake. That that was fake. But he can he can grow the facial hair. He's got it. Because yeah, if that was if that was real, I mean, yeah, that's impressive. In fact, you know, I was sitting at the airport last night in Durango, watching them load my load my luggage onto the plane, and there was a guy out there who straight up looked like a dwarf. I'm pretty sure he came out of the mountain. And he was so short. he was under four foot ten. Yes, okay. and he was stocky. He wasn't a midget. He was bigger than a midget. He looked straight up like a dwarf from Lord of the Rings. And I told my coworker, "I'm like that is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. I've got a dwarf loading my luggage." I I was thrilled by that, and I know that's probably horribly politically incorrect to say, but you know what? I don't care because dwarves are freaking cool. I wonder if they let him bring his axe to work. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> I wonder. Oh, now when is FanX? When can we expect all this joy? And where can March, we find more information on it? March 17th and 18th. Uh, head over to SaltLakeComicCon.com and they've got all the info there. So. Sweet. Now, speaking of conventions, um, Wizarding Days just just happened. And just wrapped up. It just wrapped up. We were talking about that for the last few weeks. Uh, Colin was there. He was going to join us tonight. However, his girlfriend needed a ride home. Her car, well, fiance, I guess now, her car broke down. So he had to take her nudge, home. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, if you know what I mean. And as he was doing that, 
he was run over by an 18 wheeler so you know he'll be missed until next week but he he will um work on regenerating and bringing us a report on fan x i was planning on going but i ended up going to durango colorado instead Now, we uh, we should also be getting press passes here for uh, Colin's wedding here soon. So we'll be bringing you some interviews, backstage access to that, you know. See if I don't get, want I don't want backstage access. Please see, don't make me see if we can do a, a ticket giveaway for for tickets to that. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be hilarious to just have he's sitting there. Who, I'm sorry, who are you? Oh, I want tickets to your to your reception. I totally want to do that. I'd give up my I'd give up my spot just to just to see the look on Colin's face. But I wouldn't be able to see the look on Colin's face if I gave up my spot. So funny how that works. It okay. Is. We do not have feedback this week, which is kind of funny, actually. I kind of half expected Ruff to at least write some feedback. Um uh, some people might be wondering what was with the song that I put at the end of last week's episode. I know I was. We were if you didn't even listen. You you were in the air, you were working, you don't even know what I'm talking about. I really don't, unfortunately. But So I've kind of fallen in love with this hip hop group called Hilltop Heroes. Or sorry, I'm sorry, Hilltop Hoods. Same thing. Um but they're an Australian hip hop group. And they've kind of become this gateway drug. I've been listening to a ton of Australian hip hop now. They're way better than a lot of the hip hop that's out here now, and I'm actually a huge hip hop fan, so um I've been just listening to them almost on loop and i thought that would be a fun song to share with everyone so hopefully everyone enjoyed it but i was kind of surprised that ruff didn't write in uh considering you know it's not often that we include music from his neck of the woods maybe he left maybe he left before they were a thing i don't know maybe he just hates them so much he's given up on listening to us because he doesn't want to listen to them he's like i know those guys they owe me money don't all, uh, don't all Australians know each other? Isn't that the rule? I think so. I think so. Oh, you're um, from Australia. Do you know Michael? You know, he works down at the dock. <laughs> well, you know, when I was in, in South Africa, I would constantly have people ask me, oh, do you know so-and-so? Like, and, and they ask me, do I know celebrities? Yes, because we're all best friends in America. There's only 30 Americans, truth be told, you know. Yeah. Yeah, just wow. I, I just I just laugh when people think that. So yeah, I don't know. Kinda weird. Yep. Rough, uh, we miss you. Um now into our headlines. So a couple funny things from Google this week actually. Some very funny things. Uh the first one is uh Google Spaces. Which I forgot was a thing. I forgot that it existed as well. And I actually don't remember what it is. I know I had to read this article three times over to remember what it was. Here's how little Google spaces was used or utilized or even known. It only came out a year ago, <laughs> one year at the last Google IO and not even Schmitty knows it. Not even Schmitty uses it. And he's hardcore Google fanboy. I'm just waiting for him to finally admit to me that he's gotten a Google tattoo. You haven't seen it? It'd probably be like a tramp stamp, <laughs> like in the old gothic art letters and whatnot. Yeah, it is. It's like all fancy, you know, and there's butterflies around it. And I call it my doodle. <laughs> Pay respect to the doodle. He calls something else the doodle as well. So. Yes. Well, that's a different one. <laughs> He's got the front doodle and the back doodle. <laughs> we are so tired. <laughs> Okay, so Google Spaces was supposed to replace or supplant like Slack or LinkedIn or any kind of uh, 
LinkedIn collaboration site, right? And I say oh, LinkedIn that's, that's right. only because Microsoft is using it that way now, but uh, they have SharePoint and they have Skype for business instead. Well, obviously, I think Slack's doing quite well. And Microsoft isn't hurting when it comes to cloud services. Yeah, Slack has really kind of um, surprised me. I got to be honest. We started Slack, oh, geez, it must have been about a year ago. And Has it been that long? I I, it's it, been it's been longer than that, hasn't it? I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe uh, we'll have to no, go back it, to your. It has because I've been at my job for the last year, and we were using Slack before before I changed jobs. Hmm. So yeah, it's I don't know, year and a half, maybe even two years. So anyways, anyway, yeah, uh, we started using it just kind of on a lark to see what it was like, see what everything was about. Oh, well, we'll try this for a little while. We, I don't think we could go without it now. I typically have Slack open on my phone, on my tablet, on my computer. I have seven different Slack channels that I'm a part of. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, especially in the corporate world, it's really taken off. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of surprising considering it it's not from Google because, you know, you think of Google stuff and Google is what takes off like that. But Google just kind of has has not done anything with spaces. Right. It's not from any of the normal um, business software places. It's not from PeopleSoft. It's not from Oracle. It's not from Microsoft. It's not from any of them. Um, but it, you're right. It just I'm not sure Google thought it was going to take off as well as it did. Oh, hey, look, this area is just prime for us. Watch as we completely screw it up. But to be fair, for whatever reason, Google does not know how to do collaboration. You remember Wave? Oh, yeah. Google Wave? Oh, that was a, that was a train wreck. And Google Apps for Business is almost as bad. The only reason Google Apps for Business is still even around is because Google Apps, the non-business version, the kind we use right now for our show notes, are still so strong. Uh-huh. But they're keeping it alive, not vice versa. Yeah. I, I It's funny to me that as strong as Google is, and for all the wonderful products they do make, they really do not, un and we've talked about this in the past, not for a while, but I've brought up that it seems that Google engineers do not seem to understand how people want to use technology. You know, I think as well, Google really seems to be very hit or miss. And I understand, you know, 10 years ago when they were a startup, you're throwing stuff out there, but you look at their messaging. They have, what, like nine messaging platforms? Mm -hmm. And they just can't figure it out. And I think people are kind of getting tired of it with Google. I, I, I think that they, the honeymoon is over. They're expecting a lot more from a company like Google. You know, you look at iMessage from, from Apple and Android people are like, why can't we get something like this? But Google seems to want to tell us how to use technology as opposed to letting us use technology the way we want to. You're not wrong, but at the same time, even then, they can't seem to get on the same page. And I'm going to use Android here as an example. Okay, so you have Google Messenger, which, by the way, was renamed Google Messenger this week. Um, it can send text messages and RCS messages. That's awesome. Oh, you also have Google Allo which can also send messages um, and Google voice, which can also send SMS messages um, and hangouts, which can send both hangout messages and SMS messages. 
you have four freaking apps within their own Google system that Google system. Wow. Ecosystem that can all send text messages. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they just, I don't think that, well, I think that there's a whole lot of the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing at Google. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, if that uh, analogy, it works. Yeah, I think it does work, and I think this week it got even worse when they had their two hemispheres dissected or bisected. Sorry, I should not use big words when I'm tired. Use small word, it good. It is good. So Google had a massive issue this last week, um, just a couple days ago, actually. We're recording this Saturday night, and I want to say this happened Friday. Uh, So, yeah, yesterday. It turns out there was a massive issue with Google's internal authentication protocols. Um, I won't go into great details. Needless to say, a lot of people got signed out of some Google services and for some reason couldn't sign back in. I wonder if that's what happened with my account. I thought it was related to the Cloudforth thing that we'll talk about later, but that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and and I had that issue um, right as I was re-enabling two-stage authentication on all my accounts. So imagine oh. my panic when all of a sudden I can't get back into Google to try and add the two-step authentication token to my phone. Oh, that's terrifying. Now, it wasn't debilitating to everyone. Some people didn't have an issue. Some people only saw an issue on one service, but one particular piece of Google hardware um, was severely hit by it. And it's Google Wi-Fi and on hub their routers and their, their mesh Wi-Fi network system that a lot of people had. And in many cases it required a factory reset of their hardware to get past the bug. Yeah, that's bad news right there. Cause I mean, just changing my Wi-Fi password is difficult enough if I've got a factory reset stuff, I'm not a happy camper. That's going to piss me off to no end. Yeah. Good job. Well now, done, Google. Google did uh, put out an announcement. And they actually, this is actually on the 23rd, so I guess it would have been Thursday. So today we experienced an issue with our Google Accounts engine that may have affected your Google Wi-Fi or OnHub device. When they say may, they mean it did. Uh, this caused some devices to automatically reset to the initial state you bought them in. We call it a factory reset. Unfortunately, these devices need to be set up again. We'd like to share our sincerest apologies for the inconvenience. The steps below will guide you through resetting your Wi-Fi points. If you set up your Wi-Fi network with the same network name and passwords before, your personal devices should automatically reconnect. Yeah. This is a problem um, for a few different reasons. The biggest one is, as I'm starting to learn, the more connected your home is the more having no internet connectivity and no Wi-Fi is a problem. Oh, it's a huge problem. Huge. It's like, it's not even highly entertaining. (laughs) Most internet of thing devices can operate on their own very, very well. Right. Uh Uh, My thermostat is an internet of things thermostat. And if it doesn't have any internet, well, it's still a thermostat. Yeah, okay. the house isn't going to freeze or burn up or whatnot. Uh, a door lock that's Wi-Fi enabled. If it doesn't have Wi-Fi, it's still a door lock. It will still lock. The problem is, is where you have devices that talk to each other to gain a certain effect. For instance, the motion sensor here kicks on the camera over here or anything like that. Suddenly you don't have devices talking to each other. And in this day and age, when most people don't have landlines, they have phones that use the Wi-Fi 
to do voice over IP and you have Internet of Thing devices throughout the house, suddenly losing Wi-Fi like that is a bad thing. Yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad. It makes for a bad day. I mean, even our TVs, our Blu-ray players, our our cable boxes, everything is connected to the Internet. Mm-hmm. You lose that and you're having a bad day. Now, um, I really thought I put this headline in here, but now I'm looking at it. I can't seem to find it. Um, we talked a bit last week about Waymo. Remember Alphabet's uh, self-driving, uh, self-driving car company that branched off from Google? Yes. Uh, they were uh, <laughs> trying to keep people, and it turned out they couldn't because they paid them too much. Yes. Well, I'm getting the feeling that uh, one of the people they paid too much to left and founded another company. That they're now suing. And I really wish I could find this. Turns out that uh, this competitor of self-driving cars, and this is great news when I can't even find the, uh, the actual company I'm talking about, uses the exact same LiDAR system, that's like radar but with lasers, that Google's Waymo cars have been using. And this company claims, no, no, we built that in-house. It's our own design. But it can't be their own design if it perfectly matches an already existing design. And when your head tech guy came directly from Waymo. <laughs> so are we going to see lawsuits here? We or? already are. Yeah, we okay. already are. They're, they're filing an injunction against them. Nice. I really think, though, what they should have done, what would have been smarter, and I think this is going to be the big thing when it comes to self-driving tech, Google, if or Alphabet, excuse me, if they had been smart, would have cozied up to like the California DOT or the US DOT, the Department of Transportation, and said, you know what you should do? You should set certain standards and requirements for self-driving tech. Has to be able to do this. Has to have this kind of system. Has to be able to recognize this and react this quickly and see these kinds of things and be tested for this many points of interface and interference. Oh, and by the way, we already have that. So we should just be the standard. And then, yeah, and then they could have licensed it out. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, car companies already do that. Or did you wonder why they all use the same unleaded gasoline? (laughs) You know, I've actually never wondered that. But now I do. Or, you know, intercompatible tires. Or light bulbs. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. I, I have never stopped to think about that, but that's a that's a pretty legit point there. These are the things that keep me up at night. Now, now, in truth, I do it while I'm in the toilet. Um, in the toilet or on, on, the, toilet? on the toilet? I'm tired. Okay. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and I apologize that I evidently completely screwed that up, and I did not find the uh, the headline for you guys. But um, how about this headline instead? The Huawei Watch Two renders have leaked. I'm not sure how I feel about these. I kind of like them more than those LG watches we saw a couple weeks ago. You know, I don't know how I feel either. Um, they're kind of sporty, which I think is good if that's the demographic you're going for. I, I think it is what they were going for. Um, it doesn't look like a bad watch. I mean, it, it reminds me of like a an Ironman triathlon or whatever. The, yes. the Timex. Yes, that is what it looks like. You're right. That's that's kind of the vibe that I get from them. I mean, they're nice looking watches. Uh, I I guess you know if you're looking for for something like this, then great, go for it. You know. Yeah. Now, um, 
Mobile World Congress in Barcelona is happening this week. So we'll find out more information then. But right now, these uh, renders, if they're to believe, we believe we have three different ones. We have a black, an orange, and gray with white specks. Why? Who knows? Who cares? Uh, if these renders are to be believed, there's a option for a SIM card. And it looks like it's going to be at least water-resistant, dust-resistant, because the SIM card is in a really ingenious place uh, where the band meets the crown. It's kind of cool that way. That's actually very clever, I think. It, it is. It's... And the Huawei watch, the first one, um, which was more of a classic design, more of a classic wristwatch or a dress watch, was uh, – credit where it's due was also well-designed. It was pretty. Yeah. How did they hold up, though? I never heard much after after they came out. So I don't – you know, we talk about the the watches when they're announced, but we never really hear much after that unless there's, like, serious problems with them. You're right. You're right. Um I think it's because everyone wants to drool over them. No one wants to put their money down to see how they'll work. Well, I'd be willing to test one of these Huawei Watch 2s. If they want to send us some, I'll give them a, a review. I'll, I'll do whatever. So if anyone's listening from Huawei, go ahead and send us one. We'll, we'll do a write-up on it. Look, but, we've spent three years learning how to say your name. The least you can do is send us one of these watches. Exactly, exactly. But I think that that goes along with your point. Nobody really wants to pony up the cash to get one of these things. Right, right. Um, <laughs> I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm so, poor. Samsung is doing something kind of interesting. You know those Note 7s? Yeah. <laughs> They're looking at selling them secondhand to emerging markets. Uh, now, originally, ZDNet reported that it was looking like India and Vietnam. However, since then, India has said flat out that, no, they will not be sold here. We will not allow them to be sold here. Um, and if you're wondering, wait a minute, I thought I thought they explode. Well, they do with the battery that was used. These ones will be refurbished to be using a lower capacity, smaller battery. So the explosions won't be as large. They'll just take slower take longer now they can't sell these in the u.s is that correct because they had two recalls is that, that right? is correct that is okay. correct and i think also if they were to sell them in the u.s they'd have to sell them at such a low amount that it wouldn't even be worth it well see i think they're going to have to sell them at at a low price point regardless just because of the fact that people know these are bombs it's like i mean in in vietnam they're really going to try and sell these in Vietnam where they have fields full of unexploded landmines. I mean, it's like here, you're used to taking your life into your hands every time you go for a walk. And they're like, oh, a phone that may or may not burn up. That's nothing. Yeah. I mean, geez. And if you just imagine if you like use like map my run or something, when you go out for a walk through the Vietnam fields, you you're just like asking for it. I don't think there's a lot of Vietnamese people using my fitness pal or, or things like that. Well, probably not. Probably but, not. You know, um, American tourists. Probably. Now they will be reducing the battery probably between 3000 to 3200 milliamp hours. Originally it was 3500 milliamp hours. That's not a horrible drop. It's enough that they say that it will not have that issue anymore. And as much as we joke about it and kid about it, the S7, S7 Edge and Note 7 were excellent phones. Yeah, I love my S7. Yeah, I still love my S7. I'm honestly looking at the S8 right now because I love my S7 so much. And see, I'll probably just hang on to my S7 until the S9 comes out. Yeah, yeah. And I'll probably end up doing that. But 
So if you can, if you're in one of these emerging markets and you feel like it's safe enough, this isn't a bad deal for them. And it's also a great way for Samsung to hopefully recoup some of the cost. Yeah, well, and they've also, I mean, there's talk that they're doing this because Korea is going to hand them a huge fine if these phones aren't properly disposed of because of the environmental impact. Right. So what do you do when you and, have a factory full of phones? Yeah, well, you could be like BlackBerry and I guess sell the company or or you can or you could do what Samsung's doing and sell the bombs. So I I think this is going to be interesting. Something tells me this isn't going to end well. I think uh, honestly, even if it does end well, we won't hear about it. I this sounds incredibly classist. I realize us haughty Americans and whatnot, but a successful launch in Vietnam doesn't exactly make US headlines. It really doesn't. But if it's an abysmal disaster, do you think that American media outlets are going to pick up on it? Oh, totally, because it'll be hilarious. And say, hey, they're at it again. It'll be the third strike you're out for that phone. Yeah. I would think after two they were done, but Hmm? apparently they don't know the meaning of the word. Indeed. Um, Moving on to Cloudflare, Zoner referenced it briefly before Cloudflare, if you don't know what it is, we use it, actually. It's a great middleman for your DNS. If you have a website, you register it with Cloudflare, and then you tell your website registrar that Cloudflare is your host. It's not actually. It sits in the middle between everyone else and your host. This is very good for one massive reason. If you are worried about uh, distributed denial of service attacks, DDoS attacks, or any other kind of security breaches, Cloudflare can identify those and stop them at the source. So attackers never even get to your website. They never even get to your host. Um, they can speed up a lot of other loading algorithms. They can keep track of metrics. It's a great service. It's free. I mean, there are business plans that cost money, but uh, we've used Cloudflare now for a number of years, and we love it. We're not the only ones. It's a, it's a standard now for most people. Yeah. Um, but they had a problem. Dang it, Zoner. Is Hack Zoner in effect this time? I don't know. So um, somehow people got in. There was a bug, and it was giving out a load of sensitive information about the websites that it was handling about 5.5 million websites, actually Um, the authentication keys, the access keys, the tokens, the passwords were all just being pumped out into the ether. Now Now, you mentioned that we at stolen droids have, have been using Cloudflare for years. Did you receive any sort of email? Um, or, or anything from them explaining what had happened? Or, I or... think I did, and I just thought it was spam, so I deleted it. Oh, makes sense. Which, because nothing ever happens to Cloudflare. Oops. That'll teach you. It's been a bad week. Um, And to be fair, they handled this so fast, within an hour of them figuring out that it was a bug, they had already enacted ways to stop it. And then within six hours, they had completely fixed the main issue. So they uh-huh. got it to stop happening after an hour, and at six hours, it was no long. It was just a complete non-issue, which is impressive. It's it's incredibly impressive. I wish that, other companies could figure that out. Yeah, you know they didn't. I, I like that they came out. They acknowledged, okay, we got an issue. Let's let's deal with it. They didn't try and put the blame on someone else. They didn't put the blame on the users like certain fruit companies do. They, did, I mean, it's it was nice. 
I, I like to see that kind of a response from a company like that. Hey, look, it, considering I don't pay them anything for their service, I think I got every penny's worth, every cent's worth out of that. Yep. They don't even insert ads. No, they're really good. I, I really like Cloudflare a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed by them. Um, moving into, I don't even know how to describe this. So there is a murder trial going on right now. Okay. Speaking of Internet of Things, like we were earlier. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's nice. Well, it turns out uh, a gentleman uh, killed someone in a hot tub. And this gentleman um, in Arkansas here owns an Amazon Echo. Among other smart home devices. Mm-hmm. Now, the Echo, if you remember, is their voice assistant, and it only responds when you call out its activation phrase, which is Alexa. Or you can you can reprogram it to say to also respond to Amazon. But or computer, it. I think. Do they change it? Can you do that? I think you can. I think you can address it as computer now. Now, the issue here is is, and we all have ones like that. You know, Siri can do it. Google can do it. Xbox can do it. Mine can do it, and I won't say her name because she'll pop up. But you mean, hey, Cortana? Yes. She never responds to me. I think that chick well, she, hates me. She hates you. She loves me, though. Now, the problem is, though, is that to get that to work, it means the system has to always be listening. Yeah. And if it's always listening, then potentially it's always paying attention when you, oh, I don't know, plot a murder. Or execute a murder. Yeah. So Arkansas police want Amazon to hand over all possible recordings and voice information from this guy's home. Which makes sense if they get a warrant. Right. But so far they haven't been able to. Um, and Amazon is refusing. They've released a statement on the matter saying Amazon will not release customer information without a valid and binding legal demand properly served on us. Amazon objects to overbroad or otherwise inappropriate demands as a matter of course. Which is good, I think. Although, you know, it's not looking good for this guy. Apparently, they, he, he had to drain the hot tub and then refill it. And his smart water meter is kind of giving him away in that one. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure which way to come down on this one because there are certain tools that police use to investigate crimes that they should always have, right? And if you leave a trail of breadcrumbs on a crime that you're committing, well, they're going to find them and they should be allowed to find them just to carry out justice, Right. If if you were to tell if you were to say, look, I know I'm being investigated for embezzling a million dollars, but no, you're not allowed to go through my financials or my trash. That's an invasion of privacy, and they say, oh, you're right, sorry, I guess we can't do that. Yeah. So on on that front, I get why they would say that. Oh well, look, you have a smart meet a smart water meter. We're just going to read the results. I think the issue here is is the fact that. Amazon is involved. If the Echo was a device that didn't involve Amazon, if it didn't upload utterances, as they call them, little things that uh, it catches you saying to the cloud, Uh but instead maybe stored it on the device, they would be well within their right to take that in as a piece of evidence from the crime scene and pull the information off. 
But because it's in the cloud, because it involves Amazon, it's implicating Amazon saying, oh, they're listening to you all the time. And at any time, the the, uh, the authorities may pull those recordings and implicate you in something. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm OK with them if they go through the le- proper legal channels to do that. But it However, opens the door. It, how it, it really does. And I can see from Amazon's perspective where they're saying, oh, no, we're not recording all your stuff. You have total privacy with us. We're just listening for the certain keyword. Um, if they're listening for that, they're always listening. And regardless of whether it's Alexa, whether it's Cortana, whether it's Google, they're always listening. And if they're always listening... They're potentially always recording, and if the judge says, yes, you have to give this information over to the authorities, Amazon could end up looking pretty bad. Well, it, not just that. So I just got a, a, a ring doorbell for my home. Ooh, and I, I want one of those. I love it. It is great. But it's also set up as a motion sensor. So whenever motion is detected within its field of view, it starts recording. Okay. Makes sense, right? Yes. Except the fact that it's pointed at a public street and other people's homes. And there's a lot of movement at other people's homes on a public street. Right. It's recording both video and audio. Oh. And it makes me kind of wonder, like, what's the legality of this? Yeah, well, it's like these people that have home security cameras aimed all over their neighborhood, you know? Is that... Uh, is that legal? I mean, you're going to be picking up activity that that you may not intend to pick up. It's just an interesting minefield of, of rights there. And again, all these are facing outwards. What about the ones we have inside the home? Yeah, very, very interesting there. Uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting to see how the law progresses in the whole Internet of Things and in this whole whole realm over mm-hmm. the next few years, or if it even does progress. Um, let's move into some fun science news, shall we? NASA has been working on a discovery they had. They wanted to make sure everything was right, everything was accurate, and they had a press conference this week. They found seven Earth-sized exoplanets 40 light years away. Exoplanet, of course, means outside the solar system. They are rocky planets. They're not gas giants. They're not liquid giants. They have a rocky composition. Three of them are in the Goldilocks zone, which means not too close to the sun, not too far from the sun. They think they'll have liquid water on there. Nice. And where there's water, I I think I saw something. I don't know if it's mentioned in this particular story, but I think I saw something that there is, they're saying that there could potentially be life on three of these planets. Yeah. The ones in the Goldilocks zone. If there's water, there's a 99% chance it'll have life. Which is pretty cool. Too bad they're 40 million, or what is it, 40 light years away? 40 light years is pretty close in astrophysical terms, but yeah, it's still um, it's, it's a ways. Now, what's funny about this is that they are currently, um, not currently, they will always be, they're orbiting a dwarf red star. Okay? So it's much, much lower intensity, much colder than our sun is. So they're actually all really, really close to this sun. Like, so close and so close to each other that the closest one, uh, the very first planet in the system, orbits the sun at a rate of one and a half days per orbit. Where our orbit takes 365.24 days to orbit the sun. 
This one orbits at like 1.5 days. And if you were to look up into the night sky on one of the planets, you'd be able to see the other six planets. Like, not just see them, see geological features on the surface of them. That's really cool. We need to go visit. We need... It, it would be the trippiest thing to see. I mean, that's like... That's straight out of sci-fi. You look up into the sky and you see other planets like right there like you're looking at the moon from earth type of thing that's awesome you would have some really trippy tides oh yeah yeah that would that would be awesome we need to we need to figure out what's going on on these planets and we need to do it asap i and i close the window here i want to say i read that uh these planets are all so close to each other that all of their orbits could fit into the space between the earth and the moon. I think I heard that as well. I don't know if it was this article, but I think I saw that somewhere as well. Yeah. If, if we're not right, if it's not right though, you didn't hear it from us, you know? Oh, okay. So here, here it is. I opened it again. Their orbit orbits are so close to one another, just a few times the distance between the earth and the moon. So okay. it's, it's bigger. It's multiplications of it. But, uh, yeah, the first planet, one and a half days. The sixth planet, 12 days. That's a short year. Yeah, that's an incredibly short year. I wonder what their rotations are. If their rotations are, like, ultra fast. If, if, if you think about it, if they have the same tilt that we have, which is really what causes our seasons and our weather and whatnot, which uh-huh. is given to us by the moon. But if, if they have that, you would basically have a season every two days. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. I, I think this is cool. We need to figure out more about what's going on there. Sci-fi just has a whole new uh, load of planets to do some horrible TV movie on now. <laughs> Speaking of horrible mo- TV movies, MST3K is coming back. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, Joel Hodgson is going to be there. Uh, Felicia Day is going to be there. I think we've talked about this. We uh, have. We have. It was a Kickstarter. Yes. And they announced that the series will actually launch on Netflix April 14th. What's funny to me is that it's not a Netflix series. It's, I think, one of the first ones I've seen where it's made specifically for Netflix, but it's not a Netflix original or series. It's not made by Netflix. Right. They're, they're, they're acting as a dis- distribution channel, not as a production company. And that's yeah. weird to me. I think it's cool. It's, I, I mean, think that's what the, oh, I think the other channels do. I think it's super cool, but it's weird to me that Netflix wouldn't jump right on that. Yeah. That they had maybe to kickstart this at all. Yeah, maybe they just don't know that there's a... Or don't realize or think that there's a market for it. So they didn't want to invest the funds to do it. Because they're too busy putting out Netflix original stand-up comedy specials from Catherine Ryan. Which, by the way, is really funny. If you haven't watched it yet, I recommend it. Okay, is she a sponsor? No, but she's funny. <laughs> uh, so yeah this is coming out in april this is exciting nice between samurai jack coming back in march and this coming out in april and the expanse is on right now this is a great time for tv for me well and we've got um iron fist coming out too mm-hmm. yeah i almost forgot about that one um okay in other fun news apple's mothership is actually closer to being done than i expected it's getting ready to launch it is, I gotta say, <laughs> Apple knows how to design things. And when I look at their old, if you've ever looked at their old campus on Google Maps or on, on their website. I actually haven't cared enough to. Okay, so first off, 
Apple's address is One Infinite Loop, Cupertino, California, right? Which is kind of a clever name, but it's lies. It's all lies. It's not even a loop. It's a horseshoe. So, so it's a marketing ploy? It's a marketing ploy. They uh. lie. It wasn't even a loop. But now it is. So they fixed that. Good job. They're driving on it wrong. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, if you look at... It was at- designed by Apple Maps. <laughs> Now, if you looked at their old campus, it was very obviously a series of buildings built from another era that they just kind of took over. Which, what do you do, right? That's what you'd expect. Yeah. But there was nothing about it that looked Apple. Like, it looked Novell instead. Uh-huh. It, looked, it looked iOmega. It looked Micron. Early wow. 90s computer startup. That's kind of uh, insulting, but hilarious at the same time this new one is gorgeous it really is it really is like people should be studying this building as a idea of a self-contained community it has all the parking built in it has daycares it has restaurants it has um a gym it has dry cleaning it has it's twelve thousand employees will call this their workspace and they'll start moving in in april now They it'll take six months to move everyone in, but the entire facility is built to use mostly renewable energy. It's an open air floor plan, which in this case means that nine months out of the year, it will not need heating or cooling because the air will automatically self-regulate through the entire structure. That's awesome. It's mostly okay. So Zoner and I have talked about Southern California. I think the biggest issue I have with it, I don't know if you feel this way, is that their zoning is really screwed up. And the old Apple campus is a perfect example of this because you have the Apple campus that butts up right up against the freeway, right up against a middle school, right up against a residential zone, and right up against a dry cleaning office. Like everything is just jammed into one place. There are seriously people who look out their back window and there's the entire Apple campus. It's bizarre. Yeah. This new that is, one. I've never thought about that with zoning in SoCal, though. That Yeah, that is messed up. Everyone's just on top of each other. And oh, I yeah. realize it could be worse. New York City is worse. You know, there's other cities. I get that. We're very spoiled here in Utah. But this is weird. This new one, because everything is in one building, the rest of the entire lot is all park, which is why the name of it is Apple Park. Uh-huh. That's the name of the facility now. Uh, So I think a lot of those neighbors are going to be able to enjoy looking out their window now and seeing basically a forest behind them. Which is cool. It's really cool. Look, we give Apple crap for tons of different reasons. But this is awesome. And I would hope that more companies do this instead of just saying, hey, we'll just take whatever office space we can get. Instead, by saying, hey, look, we're the biggest company in in the world. We can show it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is an impressive facility. I'm, I, I'm quite in awe of it, and I think I remember talking about it when they announced it mm-hmm. a few years back. So a few years, they've done this so fast. Yeah, I mean, if the government was was doing this, it would this is like a twenty year project, but because you got Apple doing it, much much shorter. But it's it's a cool facility, very cool facility. If you you know come across photos and stuff of it on on the website and this article we link to has some but yeah take a take a few minutes and check it out it's definitely impressive really is like i I keep hoping that maybe somehow my work would find some reason to send me there they wouldn't but i'd go (laughs) 
Okay. Now, um, into some news, a blast from the past here, actually. AMD. We don't often talk about actual computer components on this show. Not often. Yeah. So I used to be an AMD fan back in the day. My first computer that I had myself, I had moved out, I was going to college, and I bought a 500 megahertz AMD K62 computer. And I very quickly got into modding. I went out and got a K62 Plus, then a K63. Uh, the K62 Plus was the laptop variant. It took lower uh, thermal requirements and had an unlocked multiplier. I was able to overclock those suckers. That's how I got into computers, was AMD. And then the Athlons, the Athlon XPs, the Athlon 64s. And it was always this arms race between them and Intel. And Intel would win a little, and AMD would win a little. AMD was the first one to bring 64-bit to home computing. Uh Intel was the first to break 1 gigahertz. And the two of them would just keep each other in lockstep. And then somehow, a couple years ago, a few years ago, Intel came out with their core series of processors. And AMD was never able to come back. They really weren't. They've been down for a few years now. Yeah, a number of years. And um, it's just weird that way. Well, they are back now. They launched Ryzen, R-Y-Z-E-N. Don't know about the name, don't care, because they have completely come back. Now, they're Ryzen processors. They they launched the top-end ones, and they'll come into pre-order here on March 2nd, so probably by the time you hear this show, actually. No, I guess not. Never mind, I lied. Um, Unless you're a few days late. Which is okay, we understand. So uh, the top-of-the-line one is called the Ryzen 7 1800X. This is interesting. If you've ever wondered about Intel's core naming infrastructure, you know, they have the core i7, and then they have four digits after it. The first digit is which generation it is. So if it's a 7000 series, it means it's the seventh generation. The next three numbers are the performance rating. So if it's a 7999, that means that they're expecting it to be the top performer. If it's a 7100, that's probably the lowest performer. So if ever you're wondering what those four numbers mean, that's it. Well, so it's kind of interesting then that AMD named theirs the Ryzen 7 1800X, or first generation 800 performance. I like that numbering naming convention. Yeah, it makes sense. And it really makes sense because for a long time, AMD purposely obfuscated their rating compared to Intel's. It led to a lot of confusion. Well, okay, so what's important about this one? 8-core, 16-thread, so it has hyper-threading. 3.6 gigahertz base, can go turbo up to 4 gigahertz. 95 watts of thermal power. None of that sounds really huge, right? Intel's been doing that for forever. It's going to retail for $499. And that is where things get interesting because that is 40% less than the price of an Intel of comparable performance. Uh huh. That is where things are going to get interesting. And that dear listener is why computers are going to start getting cheaper. Intel is going to have to respond. Intel is going to have to start dropping prices. You know, though, the beauty part about this with AMD coming back like this, it's going to push Intel. And so prices will come down like you're talking about and quality is going to go up. And features. And features are going to go up. They're going to we're back in the arms race with the processor manufacturers. And kind of like I talked about last week with us, uh, you know, I said I feel kind of bad that I always benefit from Samsung's misfortunes or other uh-huh. companies' misfortunes. In this case, an arms race between the two top manufacturers of processors, 
is good for all of us. Yes, it is. There's not going to be any losers in this as far as the consumers go because it's just going to be it, – It's they're going to drive each other, and now, we're going to win. Now, you youngins out there who think that the worst holy war is iPhone or Android or PC – or sorry, Xbox or PlayStation, you've not seen anything yet. Wait till you get into an AMD versus Intel fight. It's hilarious. Yeah. I haven't seen I, one of those in years. I, w- I was just thinking, I haven't seen that for a long time. We get the gangs out yelling at each other in the street. Someone pulls a knife. Everything just goes haywire. Yeah. Let's let's bring that back. Also called a <laughs> land party. Um, okay. Glorious Leader's uh, face has been defaced. This is so funny to me. Uh, Donald Trump's website, his personal website, has been hacked by a hacker from Iraq. And this does not come as any surprise to me, considering we keep talking about how he just doesn't seem to understand how computer security works. Well, I'm sure he knows the cyber very well. And uh, this was just done by a paid protester. Most likely. It's it's actually fake news. It is. It is. Um, no, what's not fake news uh, and not from paid protesters is the fact that also this week, all of Homeland Security got locked out of their entire network. The entire network. Yeah, think about how when you fat finger your password four or five times and you get locked out of your computer and then magnify that to everybody having that happen at the exact same time. The entire system used by U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. I just... And they won't say what happened. We don't know if this was a glitch in the security or if they got hacked or what. They won't say. The fact that they're not saying what it is tells me they were probably hacked. That's my gut on this, is that they were probably hacked. Now, they were. some employees were able to get in by using a VPN, a private VPN, to kind of bypass everything and get into their own systems that way. Which kind of makes me think that if this were a hack, maybe someone figured out their subnet they're accessing from and managed to get it blocked. Because uh-huh. a VPN would bypass that. Just yeah. saying. I don't yeah, want this, anyone to think I did it. I'm this is saying. terrifying yet comical at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm just... Uh, fake news. It's all fake news. It, yes. Sorry for reporting on fake news, y'all. Take this poll to tell me what a great job I did. <laughs> All right, into our favorites. My favorite is not what you'd expect, but April the Giraffe from the Animal Adventure Park in upstate New York is expecting a calf. And I've been watching this damn live cam since Wednesday. (laughs) You're more invested than when your wife is pregnant. Well, this giraffe does not require ice chips. (laughs) No foot rubs. No, no hoof rubs. If she's yelling in pain, her vocal cords produce it at such a low frequency I can't hear. So she is 15 years old. She is expecting her fourth calf. Um, Oliver, her mate, is in the pen next to her. He's five, and this is his first calf. And I'm not the only one, because at this very moment, there are 37,799 people watching the stream. And that has been it on 37,809, 849. That has been kind of how it's been 
905 since Wednesday night at 7 p.m. 38,020. You know, I'm watching this right now, and it's, what, like 1.30 in the morning there in New York. Uh, this giraffe appears to be eating or doing something. It ain't sleeping. Giraffes all... Here's the thing, okay? So this stream went up there, and it's the first time anyone has done this, and everyone immediately went nuts for it. So far, this thing has acu- accumulated 28 million viewers over the past four days. Animal rights activists actually got the stream shut down. They reported it to YouTube for containing sexually explicit images and nudity. Because, I don't know, the giraffe isn't wearing pants or something. And the owner of the animal park was able to get that appealed. He got YouTube back on their side. He explained the whole situation. And then they came out and released a video and he said, look, you can have whatever opinions you want about this issue. We won't stop you. That's your right. And you're fine to it. But by getting this video taken down, you actually take away an incredible educational tool. More people are learning about this. And it's true. I've learned more about giraffes in the last four days than the rest of my life. Giraffes only sleep two hours a day. That's it. I did not know that. Which explains why this giraffe is probably awake right now. Yeah, they only sleep two hours a day. And that's why the rest of the time they're kind of in like a trance state. That's why they seem so calm, simply because they don't sleep much. Baby giraffes will weigh up to 150 pounds and are six feet tall. They come out feet first. The mother giraffe gives birth standing. I I would imagine that's probably easiest if you've got a six-foot-tall baby. And they gestate for 15 months. So imagine your wife carrying a baby for 15 months. You know, with my last one, it kind of felt that way. (laughs) This is, I know it sounds like I'm just geeking out about this this animal. And in a way, I am. I just wish you'd drop the damn baby. It's been four freaking days. You know, I'm not going to be able to stop watching this now. I, I've actually put her up on the big screen at work. We normally have like NBA playoffs and ESPN center up there and we've all been watching her. Oh man, this is, this is great. I'm like already hooked. I'm sitting here watching. I thanks you. Now no I'm problem. Ruined. My productivity until this baby calf is born is, is done. It's over. So, uh, speaking of no productivity, um, when I was in Durango, well, when I travel for work, I carry a Roku streaming stick with me because I can actually use them in the, use it in the hotel. I can connect to the Wi-Fi and I'll, I'll watch Netflix or whatever when I'm in the hotel at night. And when I get back to my hotel at the end of the day, uh, while I was in Durango, I decided I'm going to start watching a new Netflix original. Speaking of Netflix originals, um, starring Jason Momoa. And it's called Frontier. He's like uh, half Scottish or half Irishman, half Scotch. I can't remember which. Um, half Native American fur tra- fur trader guy. And wow, is it good. I mean, it is violent. It starts off with a bunch of throats being slit. So if you're squeamish, do not watch this one. But wow, is it a really good show. I actually binged the entire season while I was in Durango this last week. Um, so thanks to Durango for being awesome and having internet to let me let me watch that. But wow, this is a really good show. Uh, if you like Jason Momoa, you're probably really going to enjoy it. So check it out. I'll have to check that out indeed. I unfortunately watched Sharknado The Fourth Awakens um, 
Did you see me in it? I did, actually. And uh, (laughs) My kids were watching that the other night. They paused it. They're like, Dad, we found you. Come see. Yeah, it's... um, Someone, when making that movie, had never looked at a map of the U.S. Because nothing happens in any kind of geographical order. And I'm fairly certain, based on some of the conversations I had with some of the people involved, there was no script that, so it doesn't really matter whether or not they did research or not. I would completely believe that. All right. Well, that is our show this week. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Write us, feedback at StolenDroids.com. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. Email the drill. Let us know what you're thinking. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.